Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. Let's continue with Dante's Paradiso, Canto 11. Oh, insensate care of mortals, how defective are these syllogisms that make you beat your wings for what's below? One was led to the law, and one to the aphorisms, and one was seeking the priesthood, and another to reign through force or sophistry. One sought robbery, and one the civic trade. One fatigued himself, wrapped in the delights of the flesh, and one gave himself to laziness, while, freed from all these things, I was high above in heaven with Beatrice, gloriously gathered up thus. When each was returned to the point of the circle in which it had been before, it fixed itself as a candle in the chandelier. And I sensed that lamp which had previously spoken commenced again within, smiling, making itself still clearer. Just as I am resplendent with its rays, so, peering into the eternal light, I apprehend your thoughts in their causes. You doubt, and you wish that I'd speak my words recast in so open and distinct a tongue as to level them with your sense, where before I said, where one's well fattened, and there where I said, nor was a second born, and here the work is in distinguishing well. The providence that governs the world with that counsel in which every created aspect is conquered before it's come to the depth, such that the spouse of the one who in crying on high disposed her with his sacred blood to come into his delight, secure in herself and more faithful to him, ordained two princes on her behalf to be guides at both her hands. The one was all seraphic in ardor. The other, in wisdom, was a splendor of cherubic light on earth. I will speak of the one, in that praising the one, whichever a man choose, is to speak of the two, since their operation was to one end. In between the topino and the water that descends from the hill selected by blessed Ubaldo, a fertile slope hangs from the lofty mount, from which Perugia feels cold and heat at Portasole, and behind it weep Nocera with Gualdo for their grave yoke. From this slope, there where it breaks off its rapid fall, a son was born to the world, as this one is sometimes from the Ganges. So let whoever speaks of this place not say Ascesi, for he would say little, but Orient, if he wants to speak truly. It still was not far distant from the time that he commenced to make the earth feel the comfort of his great virtue since in youth he coursed to war with his father, for such a woman for whom as for death no one unlocks the door with pleasure. And before his spiritual court at Coram Patre, he made himself one with her, after which he loved her more keenly day by day. She, deprived of her first husband, despised and obscured eleven hundred years and more, stayed without a suit until his. Nor did it avail her that she was found secure with Amiklas on hearing the sound of his voice, who made all the world fear. Nor did it avail her to be so fierce and constant that, where Mary remained below, she wept with Christ upon the cross. But because I'd not proceed too obscurely, take Francis and poverty for these lovers in my diffuse speech. Their concord and their joyful semblances, love and marvel and sweet regard for God, made them a cause of holy thoughts, such that the venerable Bernard first discoused himself and ran after such peace, and running seemed to himself slow. O riches unknown, O beautiful good, discoused Giles, discoused Sylvester, go after the groom, so much does the bride please. 
Then that father and that master went in with his lady and with that family already bound in the humble cord. Nor did cowardice of heart engrave his brow for being the son of Pietro Bernardone, nor for seeming so shockingly despised. But regally he made plain his enduring intention to innocent and received from him the first seal of his order. Once the people who followed him in poverty increased, he whose marvelous life could better be sung in the glory of heaven was redeemed with a second crown through Honorius by the eternal breath, the holy will of this Archimandrite. And then, in the thirst for martyrdom, he preached Christ and the others who followed him in the superb presence of the Sultan. And in finding the people too bitter for conversion and not to stay for nothing, he returned to the fruit of the Italian grass. And on the cruel stone between the Tiber and the Arno, he took the ultimate seal from Christ, which his limbs bore for ten years. When it was pleasing to him who'd made him for such good to draw him up to the pearl that he'd merited in making himself small, he recommended his lady most dear to his brothers as to his just heirs, and commanded that they love her in faith. And from her womb the rarefied soul willed to move on, returning to his kingdom, and wished no other beer for his body. Think now what sort he was who was worthy to share in maintaining the bark of Peter in the straight way on the deep sea. And this was our patriarch, in which you may discern that whoever follows him as he commands is charged with good pearls. But his flock has grown glutted on new living, so that it must expand into several far-off pastures. And the more his sheep, remote and wandering, move off from him, the more do they return to the fold void of milk. There are good among these who fear the harm and strain near the shepherd, but these are so few that a bit of cloth furnishes their habits. Now, if my words are not faint, if your listenings remained intent, if you recall what's been said to mind, your will will be in part content, for you will see why the plant is split, and you'll see what's meant in the correction where one's well fattened if he doesn't wander off. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Paradiso, Canto 12.